Quick drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Friday, September 22nd, 2023. The Feast of St. Thomas of Villanova. He was born in September 18th, 1488 in Fuentelana, Spain, into a noble but an impoverished family with deeply virtuous parents. Now, one may ask, how can you be a noble and impoverished? Which is a great question and worthy of a later conversation. And, and later on in his life, he had a very virtuous childhood and he graduated with high honors from the University of Alcala. He joined the Augustinian order, and at the age of 28, he became a friar of Salamanca and took his vows in 1517, the same year as Martin Luther's apostasy. Now, this is very interesting, considering they are both Augustinians, and you see St. Uh, Saint, uh, Thomas of Villanova, a heroically sanct- uh, sanctifying Augustine, Augustinian friar, Whereas Martin Luther, a absolutely horrific apostate Augustinian friar. St. Thomas then taught scholastic theology at Salamanca and became known for his persuasive sermons, which were to the degree that he was eventually appointed as the court preacher of Emperor Charles V of the Habsburg Empire and of the emperor of the entirety of the Holy Roman Empire. Now, St. Thomas was renowned for his charity and humility, known as the almsgiver and the father of the poor. He wore the same habit from his novitiate his entire life, and he lived a very simple and austere life. In 1544, he was obliged under obedience to accept the archbishopric of Valencia, a position that he initially refused. But as archbishop, his reign was incredibly miraculous, having saved many people in terms of, obviously, their souls, but even more, their bodies. It was very interesting, the amount of miracles, including that when he was appointed, there was a massive drought over Valencia. And at the moment of his appointment, rain poured abundantly, which was seen as a sign of grace and redemption. Now, St. Thomas was implementing gradual reforms to the clergy and extended very much charitable works to the faithful. He was known for his munificence and his miracles, including healing the sick and multiplying food. He would experience numerous ecstasies just constantly, so much so that he would give explanations of the transfiguration from his experiences of his ecstasies. After 11 years as Archbishop, he died September 8, 1555, on the Feast of the Nativity of Our Lady. He gave his bed to a poor man in his final moments, saying this was the last of his possessions that he would depose himself of. His legacy includes a great number of sermons, theological writings, and a grandiose style reminiscent of St. Bernard of Clairvaux. What lessons can we take from this great man's life? I would say two. Uh, one lesson would be his being becoming the counselor of Emperor Charles V, because Emperor Charles V failed to destroy Protestantism in his time because of his weakness. In fact, he made treaties with the Lutherans many times, and yet at the end of his life, he died well. He actually gave up his kingdom and went to a monastery and lived the rest of his life in prayer and penance. So this is something that was inspired by St. Thomas of Villanova. 
The second thing that I would like to remind us of is that there can be great faithfulness even amongst great wickedness that you can have in the same order, the arch heretic Luther, and at the same time, the great saint, St. Thomas of Villanova. So let's not be discouraged that if we have enemies and wicked people around us, we can still be great saints. And let's pray for that today. St. Thomas of Villanova, pray Pray for for us. us. Good morning to you, Mr. Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Adrian. It is good to be here. And we finally made it to Friday. Thanks be to God. It is going to be such an amazing weekend. Whatever you got planned for this weekend, I hope it's a fantastic time for you. I personally, I'm going to be flying out on vacation, so I'm very excited for that. But, you know, the saints, uh, just uh, just imagine wearing the same clothes for the entirety of your life. He must have had, like, the most amazing clothes, like right. super high quality, never, well, maybe there was patches and things like that. But still, imagine that. Yeah, you know, you can't imagine any clothes today lasting more than, like, a couple years at most. My oldest piece of clothing I've had since middle school. Oh, and it's a T-shirt, good. and it's threadbare at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, if like, I could... what if you wore it every single day? Well, yeah, it would be gone. It would have been gone 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, think about that. I mean, think about uh, any of your clothes. If, could you wear any of your clothes every single day for more than like a year? Oh, man. I don't think so. I don't think I could. I think it would die. I think the clothes would die. I'm partial to a pair of wool pants that I have, and they kind of shrunk when I washed them last mm. time because I did it myself. I'm a, I'm a pioneer kind of guy. so I'd, Did the clothes book get shrink or did you grow? Uh, no, I accidentally washed it warm, which oh. you're not supposed to do with wool. But I hope I can wear those for the rest of my life. Bury me in those. I, okay, that's going to be your habit. <laughs> yeah. Bury you in your uh, wool pants as, uh, as the saints do. Exactly. If you uh, don't mind sharing, uh, what are your plans for uh, for your vacation? Well, I'm going to be taking my family out to Colorado. Please, uh, mea culpa. I have to say that. I have to posit that before I say I'm going to Colorado because Colorado is one of the worst states in terms of uh, abortions and Mm -hmm. and, you know uh, so-called abortion rights. Uh, so yeah, I feel a little bad going there, but uh, you know we're going to check out Rocky Mountain National Park, and mm. uh, that's one thing that we haven't seen in a while, or actually ever. So we're going to go check it out. Very good, very good. Well, I mean, I like I've been I go visit California periodically, so I, uh, you know it's okay to visit other places that are uh, horrible <laughs> <laughs> politically. Politically, right, right. Yeah, obviously, obviously, if it wasn't beautiful other ways, who would visit? <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have my uh, John Denver playlist going. John, as we drive, as we go over there, you know John Denver. Uh, we'll talk about him in the okay. after show. In the after show, <laughs> tune in John Denver talk in the after show at 15 past the hour. Intelligent official has said that Russia has already won, and the White House media are lying about Ukraine. I was like, wait, what? Ooh. So we're gonna talk about that at 15 past the hour. 30 past the hour. Do your kids watch Paw Patrol by chance? Well, they just hired a radical writer who promotes LGBTQ and abortion to kids. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Children's content. And a show mm. about dog police officers. Yes. Hmm. And don't forget the dog firemen. That's true. Don't forget about them. Uh, And 45 past the hour, the Senate on Synodality. Uh, There's going to be – there's been some updates, and I would like to talk to you about that. And I have some questions for you. So uh, tune in at 45 past the hour. Talk about that. And in the next hour, uh, we have Back to the Father and a special guest joining us with Back to the Father because Dave Palmer is actually going to be traveling. Um, So there's going to be 
a special guest. And who is it going to be? Well, tune in to find out. And, of course, we have our Fear and Trembling game show. And today's the day we give out the prize. So make sure you tune in for the entirety of the show. You're not going to want to miss it. I'm very excited because we are going to give out a prize. And it could be you. You could be the winner. But let's begin in prayer. We're going to be praying for your intentions, whatever you have going on in your life, for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those that we promise to pray for, for the salvation of souls and liberty and exaltation of Holy Mother Church. And we pray in a special way for whatever it is that you have going on this weekend, for Rudy and his travels, for my grandfather, that he'd be miraculously cured of his cancer, for Emily Esterman, have her curing of her liver, and our dear friend Lori, uh, today she is uh, the funeral for her, for her mother, so prayers for her, her family, and the repose of her mother's soul. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O blessed Virgin Mary, Immaculate Mother of God, who didst endure a martyrdom of love and grief, beholding the sufferings and sorrows of Jesus. Thou didst cooperate in the benefits of my redemption by the innumerable afflictions and by offering to the Eternal Father his only begotten Son as a holocaust and victim of propitiation for my sins. I thank thee for the unspeakable love which led thee to deprive thyself of the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. True God, and true man to save me a sinner. O oh, make use of the unfailing intercession of thy sorrows with the Father and the Son, that I may steadfastly amend my life and never again crucify my loving Redeemer by new sins. Arid that, persevering till death in his grace, I may obtain eternal life through the merits of his cross and passion. Mother of love, of sorrow, and of mercy, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen. And now, your headline news with Rudy Carlos. Thank you, Adrian. Good morning. You're listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I hear today's breaking news and stories for you. The U.S. is rebuilding a massive Cold War spy program to track Chinese submarines. China has embarked on a massive upgrade to its submarine fleet, producing nuclear-powered vessels that are quieter, more difficult to detect, and could more easily launch missiles at targets on land. In response, the U.S. Navy began a multi-billion dollar top-secret project, not so top-secret now, the Integrated Undersea Surveillance System, to revamp undersea listening cables and surveillance ships with cutting-edge acoustic technology and communication systems to monitor Chinese submarine movements. And California AG is suing pro-life groups. California Attorney General Rob Bonta is suing several pro-life pregnancy centers, claiming they are, quote, misleading patients, unquote, by advertising an abortion reversal pill. Heartbeat International and its affiliate Real Options Pregnancy Centers suggest that their webs on their website that the use of progesterone can in some cases reverse the effects of a chemical abortion pill after the first dose. Colorado is one of the first states to actually ban the abortion reversal pill. And the Washington Times reports governments and individuals debate. Are mandates needed to reach climate change targets? Hmm, they're talking about this openly now in the news. Uh, something coming down the pike? Governments, organizations, and businesses have set ambitious goals to combat climate change. But it's far from clear that those, that those goals can be met without forcing people to do or not do certain things. Earlier this week, New Jersey, among other states, went into more detail about its climate change goals, including its proposed ban on the sale of new gasoline-powered vehicles by 2035 and a push to decarbonize public and private buildings by switching from natural gas to electric heating appliances. So what say you? Will you go along with a mandate like that? 
Those are some of your headlines today, but stay tuned on Catholic Drive Time for more. Back to you, Adrian. The Gospel of the Day comes from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 3. Now a very short passage, and a number of things that can be said about this really short passage. We'll start with verse 1. He says here, And it came to pass afterwards that he traveled through the cities and towns, preaching and evangelizing the kingdom of God, and the twelve with him. Now, it's interesting to note that the twelve go with him. He goes through these cities, and he's preaching and evangelizing, and the apostles join him. And this is important to keep in mind because what do we see that comes next in the next two verses? And it goes in verse 2 and 3. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits. Now notice, and certain women, not women, women, multiple. We had who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, who is called Magdalene, out of whom seven devils were gone forth. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna, and many others who ministered unto him, of their substance. Why is this important? Why is this important that it's multiple women that they're following him and they're ministering unto him of their substance? What is going on here? Well, notice here, the men, the 12 apostles, and who are also converted people who are called to evangelize and preach with him, they are participating in the preaching and evangelizing. What are the women doing? The women are ministering to our Lord. They're ministering to him. This, what does it show? It shows the difference between men and women. This is important to keep in mind, especially considering the debates going on in the public today about women priests, about women ministers. No, this is not a, the case. People will say, oh, but uh, there was a, the, the situation at the time. Our Lord was not bound by his time. Our Lord chose to come in the fullness of time, and he chose to come in this time, and he could do whatever he wanted. The pagans had female priests even until today. And yet, our Lord makes the 12 apostles the preachers and evangelizers and has the women minister unto our Lord. Now, Cornelius Lapide says, why did they follow Christ? For three reasons. One, out of gratitude, because they healed them. Two, for safety, lest they be away from their physician and their former ills overtake them. And three, from pious motives, that from his companionship in preaching, they might advance in holiness. Now, lastly, the last thing I want to point out here is that this is a proto-religious life. Because what do we see today? The religious sisters, they give up their lives in order to follow Christ. They give up their lives. They live together with other women. And they give their lives to minister to God, to be spouses of our Lord, to comfort his most sacred heart when it is wounded, and to pray for the salvation of souls. And so we see that even in the Gospel of Luke. We'll be right back with more right after this. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, since every religion claims to be true, well, then none of them are true? Even though this is not a very intelligent comment, it does not prevent people from saying it. G.K. Chesterton says probably one of the creeds is right and the others are wrong. Logically, most of the views must be wrong, but there's nothing logical to the idea that all must be wrong. Think about betting on a horse. Many people bet on the wrong horse, but some bet on the right horse. And sometimes even the favorite has been known to come in first. But that's the point. Something comes in first. The fact that there are many beliefs does not destroy the fact that there is one well-founded belief. So don't say that the variety of beliefs prevents you from accepting any beliefs. It's not logical. 
and it's not a very good way to bet either. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hey, Donnie, what are the two most important things we receive at Mass? Happy Christmas, Scripture. That's right. All right, one more. Who loves you the most? Jesus. That's right. Mary. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they love us too. If you don't educate your children in the faith, who will? Educate yourself and your family by listening daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure to get the GRN app by logging online to grnonline.com. And welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. You know, there was an interesting article I saw which caught my eye because I've this goes against what everybody says, right? It's very interesting. Have you kept up with Ukraine? Honestly, I've kind of been ignoring the whole Ukraine stories for a while. It's just been every single day, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And I kind of just stopped, stopped paying attention. Every couple of days, a couple another million dollars has been approved for Ukraine. I'm thinking to myself, woo-wee. We have our own problems here on U.S. soil. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but don't you dare not report that $100 you made off of selling something off of eBay. You better report that to the IRS or they're going to come after you. The thing that I already paid taxes for and I'm retaxed for selling? Yeah. That oh, thing. that thing. Yeah. Oh, Make okay. sure you pay that so that way we can keep sending money overseas. It's my patriotic duty, some would say. It's so frustrating seeing the the government just like flush money down the toilet off of like every single thing, and then they just nickel and dime your the American citizens. They tax you ten ways, and then if you die, they tax you again. You try to give a gift to your kids, they tax you again. It's, it's the most ridiculous thing ever. You you try to uh, this is a side note, a completely side note, but you the idea that you get taxed for selling used items is the most absurd thing ever because that item was taxed when it was originally sold and then it was taxed again when it was purchased and it was taxed again when you sell it again it's the most absurd thing ever how many how many different times can you tax the same item and these some of these cheaper items by the time you're done with them the the taxes on it were more than uh, the actual item was worth <laughs> absolute absurdity absolute absurdity anyway this is completely side note anyway this article from tim cast news says intelligence official russia has already won white house media are lying about ukraine and you can and you know that this article must be accurate because the author was uh, adrian norman um and he has an amazing first name so obviously it has to be accurate um no i'm not actually basing accuracy off of names uh but here's the article ukraine has already lost the war with russia in the Biden administration, with assistance from the U.S. corporate press, is lying about it, according to a U.S. intelligence official. The explosive claim made it when its latest bombshell report, published on, the, on September 21st by Pulitzer Prize-winning investigative reporter Seymour Hersh, who spoke with an official who had, current, had access to current intelligence about the conflict. The war is over. Russia has won. There is no Ukrainian offensive anymore. But the White House and the American media are have to keep the lie going, the official said. According to Hirsch's report, the war is continuing because Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky insists that it must. Currently, there is no discussion at Zelensky's headquarters or at the White House about a ceasefire and no interest in discussions that could lead to an end of the conflict. The truth is, if the Ukrainian army is ordered to continue the offensive, 
the army would mutiny. The soldiers aren't willing to die anymore. But this doesn't fit the, how do I say, the garbage that is being authored by the Biden White House, the official exclaimed. Hirsch's report was published two days after Zelensky was in the U.S. delivering a 15-minute speech to the U.N., his first address to the General Assembly since the conflict began in 2022. As the Washington reported, Washington Post reported, Zelensky delivered his address to a half-full house with many delegations declining to appear and listen to what he had to say. Quote, while Russia is pushing the world to, final, to the final war, Ukraine is doing everything to ensure that after Russia aggression, no one in the world would dare to attack any nation. Zelensky said, weaponization must be restrained, war crimes must be punished, deported people must come home, and the occupier must return to their own land. Hirsch's source claims Russian President Vladimir Putin committed a, quote, stupid and self-destructive act in starting the war. This goes on and says uh, Putin did something stupid, no matter how provoked, by violating the U.N. charter, and so did we. And so now we have to paint him black with the help of the media in order to justify our mistake. The intelligence officer said, referencing a secret disinformation campaign levied against Putin by the CIA in coordination with British intelligence. The Columbia University professor Jeffrey Sachs recently detailed two main factors responsible for the conflict the U.S. intention to expand NATO, and the U.S. role in installing a Russia-phobic regime in Ukraine by the violent overthrow of Ukrainian pro-Russia president Viktor Yokanovich. So this is very, very concerning. And the problem here is that who can we trust? Who do we trust? Do we trust Russian media? Ukrainian media? United Nations media? United States government media? Which media do you trust? I don't trust any of them. And yet they're all saying very similar things. So what does that tell us? If the UN, if British intelligence, American intelligence, and Ukraine are all saying, yes, the war is going on, Ukraine is doing great, we have a chance of winning the war, and then Russia comes out and they say the opposite, who do we trust? And then now this person who we don't know who this is, and we just have to trust that they are that Seymour Hirsch is accurately reporting that this official is credible. And they're saying that the war is already over, that they're just funneling money to nothing. Russia has already won. Ukraine has already given up. They're not fighting anymore. What does that mean? What does that give in terms of how this plays out on the world stage. How will Putin then prove that if Zelensky is going to keep going out and asking for more money and asking for more support? How does that play out? What's the off-ramp to this? What are we going to do with that money? That makes no sense. It seems to me that it's entirely a money laundering scheme to move money around the world with as little oversight as possible, especially if they're not using the money to fund the war anymore. Where is that money going? It was interesting because a few weeks ago, maybe it was a couple months ago, the days started to blend together. Not that long ago, we were talking about the many uh, Muslim terrorists were getting a hold of Ukrainian weapons. How did that happen? 
because much of the money that we're giving to Ukraine is actually not cash. It's in assets, sending them planes, sending them vehicles, sending them munitions, sending them weapons. And what do they do with that? They use it for the war effort? Well, there is no war effort, apparently, according to this person. According to them, there is no war effort. So what are they doing with all that? Well, it seems that they're selling it to the highest bidder. That's very concerning. That's very, very concerning. And we have to keep an eye on the situation because they clearly do not want you to know what's going on. And this is why we have to be hesitant whenever we try to support wars. Because the more financially concerning our our situation is, the more incentive the government has to get us into war. Because war is the surest way to be able to get us out of debt. Because we can just get rid of our opponents by killing them, and then, then we don't have to pay their debts anymore. Or we can raise money by making all of these weapons, making tons of jobs, because now everybody has to work for the war effort. You can cut out a lot of the programs that are helping uh, people. You cut out a lot of the programs that are giving benefits to others because you're saying, oh, the war effort, the war effort. So it's always a financially lucrative opportunity. Wars are where people get rich. So we always have to be very concerned and very skeptical when these things happen. I'm not a pacifist by any stretch of the imagination. But I am also not a warmonger. I don't want people to die willy-nilly. People dying on the battlefield without the sacraments is horrible. How many souls are lost because of war? How many souls die in a state of mortal sin because they do not have a priest able to hear their confession? How much debauchery happens on the battlefield on top of the, uh, the fact that they're killing people? These are very concerning situations. We have to weigh these things. We can't just go in and start promoting war. So... Certainly, I'm glad this is coming out, and I hope more outlets pick this up so that way we can have investigative journalists look into this and confirm or deny that this is true. I want, I want to see more people uh, travel to Ukraine and get the real story, because I don't think we're going to find out anytime soon. Uh, maybe, God willing, the people will actually go and do some real investigative reporting and find out and debunk this or confirm that it's true. And when it happens, I'll let you know. Uh, so tune in next week. I'm sure we'll get an update within the next few days. This is a big enough story that I don't know how it could not. Now, this other story, Disney CEO promises investors he will tone down wokeness. Disney CEO Bob Iger implied to investors that his once dominant company will tone down its controversial political message as it jockeys to keep up with competitors. Hmm. That's interesting. It's like they're finally hearing the money dry up. They're finally seeing the money dry up. People are canceling their Disney Plus subscriptions. They're not going to Disney World. They're not going to Disneyland. Uh, Governor DeSantis uh, put on a put heavy restrictions on Disney where they used to have free reign in Florida. Gave Made them a normal organization having to pay and go through the Florida government. So it's good to see that people are actually waking up to the situation with Disney and that Disney is now responding in kind. They're realizing, because how many movies of theirs have flopped recently? Pretty much all of their new Marvel movies have flopped. Almost all of their Pixar movies have flopped. 
Uh, could you even remember the name of the, the most recent um, Disney movies? I can't even think of them. I, I know there was a few that came out in the last year or two, and I honestly can't even think of the names of them. There, there was um, that one about the flame that was uh, in love with someone who was made of water. It was very strange. There, there All sorts of these Disney films are coming out, and sure enough, nobody cares. And Snow White and the Seven Dwarves have getting smashed in the media because the, the woman who's playing Snow White is Hispanic, which Snow White's called Snow White because her skin is white as snow. That's literally the description of the character. Then they made the dwarves not dwarves. They made them regular people because dwarves are offensive, apparently. And they do this over and over again with all of their media. Every single bit of their media, they have uh, gutted. And now they have realized that nobody wants to watch this garbage. Nobody wants to see it. And they're realizing this. So hopefully it makes a change. But I'm glad that parents are actually realizing this and not taking their kids to see this garbage. Lightyear, the movie about Buzz Lightyear, which one of the most popular franchises ever. Nobody saw it. People didn't watch it because they found out there was going to be a lesbian scene in it. And that could go over and over and over again, listing all these different movies. And it's the same story. So Disney is finally feeling the pain. And for years, they've said conservative boycotts do not work. Well, we proved them wrong with Bud Light. Let's continue that boycott with Bud Light. But let's also do it with Disney, too. Let's show that we matter. Our opinions matter. Our children matter. And let's not give up the fight just because of a little entertainment. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helps them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm Rudy Carlos, and here are more breaking news and headlines for you. The HHS bars Wuhan Institute of Virology from receiving U.S. funding for the next 10 years. 
The Department of Health and Human Services announced on Wednesday that it has officially barred the Wuhan Institute of Virology from receiving U.S. funding for the next 10 years as more evidence points to the COVID-19 pandemic leaking out of a Chinese lab. They say, quote, The Wuhan Institute of Virology has not acknowledged the violations, has not cooperated with the government to address the violations, and has not accepted responsibility for the violations, and therefore, presumably, has taken no action to eliminate the risk to the government in conducting business transactions with the WIV presently or in the future, the letter states. Can you speak uh, chicken, Adrian, or dear listener? Hmm, interesting story here. An AI uh, tool can translate for you. Japanese researchers claim that by using technology to analyze a chicken's vocalizations, they can decipher six distinct emotional states including hunger, fear, anger, contentment, excitement, and distress with an 80% accuracy. The scientists say that the chickens are highly social animals and that they plan to create a free app so that farmers can use the technology to communicate with their chickens. Now, Personally, <laughs> I'd be more interested in a, draw, a dog translator. And finally, high school football team sings the Ave Maria after every game honoring Our Lady in a viral video. St. Joseph Academy High School football team in San Marcos, California kneels while singing the Ave Maria after every football game. The team says they partnered with Virtue Equals Strength, a Catholic virtue training program that engages the hearts and minds of students with three pillars, virtue, ceremony, and Catholic identity. They say, quote, as proud Catholics and going to this amazing school, we want to do things that are special to our faith and to honor Mother Mary because that's an important aspect of our lives. Praise be to God. Those are all your headlines this morning. May God bless all of your holy efforts today. Back to you, Adrian. Praise be to God. That's pretty awesome. Um, we, after our football games. What's we, awesome, the chicken story or the football players? The football players. Oh. Uh, the chicken story. Well, you know, I, I took two semesters of chicken in, in college. So, oh, you did? Yeah. I, I'm actually pretty fluent in chicken. Oh, um, well, you don't eat this then. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that hard. <laughs> I, I just, guys, it, oh, they only have. Can it. you speak it or understand it? Um, I, I, I speak it. But I don't do it in public, though. You're not yeah, fluent. I'm okay. not, I'm, it's it. kind of embarrassing. People are like, dude, you didn't actually say what you think you said. So it's, it gets a little <laughs> embarrassing. I try not to do it too much. Um, the uh, the big thing, though, is uh, it's, it's the emphasis on the on the clucks. Mm. Yeah, that's what people forget. Um, exactly. Now, that's kind of funny. The um, we would. I, I wish uh, more more schools would sing the Ave Maria after uh, the games. The we would sing um, the song, uh, the our school anthem. Oh, uh, cool! Men of St. Thomas. So we, oh, wow! Um, was there what was how does Care it go? Care to grace us with? Mm-hmm. The... I'm not going to sing it, but it's <laughs> Men of St. Thomas stand for all to see, honor, truth, and understanding. Our motto will always be: These days we spend together, we'll cherish till we die, um, and the world will know we're the men of St. Thomas High. Wow! Yeah. The morale just honestly shot through the roof. Honestly, right it was great. That's it was really awesome. Cool. Yeah, we'd have all the entire then the band would start and they start singing it together. It was it was all fun. It was a lot of fun. Wow, I, I liked high schools. High school hey, was fun. High school football in Texas. There's something special about it, you know. Really is. Yeah, it really is. So there you go, folks. Anyway, uh, enough good news. I, I'm sick and tired of us talking. What, what are we doing? We're talking about good positive news. stories. What, what's that about? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's move on to bad news. Okay, uh, Paw Patrol. Have you seen Paw Patrol? Uh, no, actually, you know, my, my little nephew, uh, he's not so little now, but when he was a, a, a just a toddler, he loved Paw Patrol. 
And that's the only exposure I got to it. I never actually watched the show. He would have the little toys. Mm. But Paw Patrol, if I'm uh, remembering this correctly, went through, um, I think they went through, maybe not by their own fault, but there was a controversy after the uh, police riots and things like that. Oh, really? Anti-police riots. They talked about getting rid of the show because they thought it was uh, offending sensitive Uh, people. Because they had police dogs. Because they had police dogs. And that's offensive. Mm -hmm. Well... Unfortunately, we're not going to be defending Paw Patrol today. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's a children's show. I've seen it on whenever uh, kids are watching it a couple times, and it seems very adorable. Um, no big deal. doesn't seem like there's anything controversial about it. In fact, yeah, like you said, people were upset about it because it was too conservative because there's dogs that are dressed as police officers. And then there are uh, dogs that are firemen, military, I think construction workers, et cetera, et cetera. But here's the story, though. Reported by Catholic Vote, Nickelodeon has hired a far-left activist who reads pro-LGBTQ and pro-abortion books to children on YouTube to be a writer for a spinoff of the popular children's show Paw Patrol. Mm. Rubble and Crew is the newest installment of the widely successful Paw Patrol franchise, which in 2020 paramount called a multi-billion dollar business i didn't realize paw patrol was that popular oh it's humongous these kids shows uh you know you get the um the licensing for the toys for all the accessories they're humongous and you know what i actually share a little bit of experience with with these uh these shows because uh, when I lived in Burbank, uh, not many people know this, but actually Burbank is the entertainment capital of the world. All of the studios are there, including Nickelodeon. I had a lot of friends who worked in the animation industry. And overwhelmingly, the thing that they told me all the time was like their huge problem with it was there was always leftists who were really concerned about all kinds of different issues, uh, you know, uh, cultural issues, and they would inject them into the show. And some of them were like, you know, they're a little subliminal. Other times it was very heavy handed. And my friends would have a hard time because, you know, they were Catholic and they were trying to, you know, be Catholic in the world and, and, and struggling with uh, these studios and the things that they were doing. It was always a huge problem. But Nickelodeon especially. Mm. Nickelodeon especially, really? Especially Nickelodeon. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, the story goes, the media company's flagship show airs in 170 countries, reaching 350 million households. Well, Raw Paw Patrol began in Canada 10 years ago. I didn't know it was Canadian. Edition of the television series, they have films and popular toys, so you just mentioned the toys. Lindsay Lenz Amer, an LGBT activist YouTuber with no known previous experience writing for television, was hired to write an episode of the new spinoff show. Amir said on Instagram that the franchise brought on her as a, quote, to consult on the first non-binary character. Why are, why are we worried about dog sexualities? <laughs> they're animals. They're, they're dogs. What are you going to tell me next, Adrian, that dogs don't go to heaven? Dude, are you trying to get <laughs> you mad at me? The... the this is the most absurd thing ever. The, the fact that they are animals. Why does there need to be sexuality involved in a TV show for kids about dogs? Not to mention 
it's not like it's a it's a show about adult dogs and you know oh anthropomorphic so they're just having normal relationships because they're adults they're children why are if this was like rugrats and you had like a non-binary rugrat you'd be like wait they're babies why do they have a sexuality at all this is pedophilia it's absurdity absolute absurdity it makes no sense whatsoever and this is going to be a and I, I hope that there is a major backlash they have so much to lose Paw Patrol has so much to lose if they just lose if parents don't buy their toys don't buy their lunch boxes don't watch their movies tune out of their show they have so much to lose and very little to gain by this and they're trying it out with one episode, so let's see it get smashed to smithereens. They've, we've already been able to show that this is a real, actual effect that we can change with Disney boycotts, with Bud Light boycotts. We can actually do it if parents care enough. Because so many times it was simply, oh, but I don't want to drive an extra 10 minutes to go to Walmart, or I just don't like Walmart, so I'm not going to go to Walmart instead of Target, because Target's just more convenient. Oh, but I like Disney stuff, so I'm going to keep going to Disney. Or, or Oh, but I, I'm used to drinking Bud Light. No, if we actually just change these small little habits, we can actually show that we actually can have an effect. Now, Matt Walsh, he responded to this saying, one of the biggest distinctions between shows that are made for adults and shows that are made for children is that you rarely hear much about the people who make the shows for children wrote Matt Walsh. He goes on, studios go out of their way to promote the latest Christopher Nolan film or the latest action movie director by Michael Bay or James Cameron. Adults are expected to buy tickets to see these films primarily on the basis of the famous people who worked on them. But when it comes to productions that are intended for children, you're left in the dark. You're not really supposed to know anything about the people producing those shows. Instead of those productions are marketed directly towards children, usually with the help of cutting edge animation and CGI parents aren't told anything about who's putting this up together behind the curtain that's true are we gonna continue down that path or are we gonna start waking up and watching to see what is going on and know what our kids are watching and who is making it who is trying to brainwash your children let's be aware more on the other side of this break so don't go anywhere you're not gonna want to miss what's coming next Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Is the very contemporary and popular idea that a faith alone salvation, which occurs by repenting of sins and asking Jesus in one's heart, sufficient to enter and warrant heaven upon death? I say, no, it's not. Many evangelicals will say, just follow the Romans road, which is four verses snatched out of the book of Romans, and when followed, heaven is promised. Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. The Gospels, nor the Epistles, nor the Apostolic and early Church Fathers ever wrote anything like this mechanical approach. Secondly, the marriage experience. After wrongdoing and temporary departure from your family, does a simple one-time, hey honey, I'm really sorry, bring you back into the family? And thirdly, teaching of the Catholic Church, water baptism, loving God and neighbor, which is displayed by consistent acts of charity while maintaining a perseverant hope of heaven is the surest way to God's eternal presence. And my pesky comeback, that Romans road is presumptuous and significantly dumbs down the holy value and price of salvation. And remember, that Romans road has some potholes. 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to say some prayers for the souls in purgatory. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed often for those in purgatory? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Rudy, do you want to just make everybody mad? Um, no, not really. Not on purpose. <laughs> you brought it up. And no. During, during the break, did I? We were talking about um, whether or not animals go to heaven. And uh, you brought it up, man. Uh, you brought it up. All right, all right. Um, there's the famous movie, All Dogs Go to Heaven. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. All dogs don't go to heaven. That was a documentary. It was a documentary. Mm-hmm. They filmed their souls going to heaven. <laughs> uh, no, animals don't go to heaven. Animals do not go to heaven. They do not have eternal souls. They don't have rational souls. They have purely sensitive souls. So when they die, yes, we it's sad if we are our dear... Our dear friend, furry friends um, die, but that's just it. When they die, they die. Their body goes into the dirt, and their soul dies with their body. But I like to think that um, you know, in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be dogs, but probably. just not the ones that we think are going to be there. Yeah, you're, like honey, your dog won't be, or there. Bubble, or what other dogs have it? Nacho, Nacho, definitely Nacho. Nacho will be there though. Nacho was a good dog. <laughs> He, we named him Nacho because he was a Sharpei. He's a Chinese dog. And they have these little tiny little Dorito-shaped ears. ears. <laughs> well, the thing is, if you love your dog or your animal, you would not want your animal in heaven. Why? Because animals can't contemplate the truth. Animals are purely sensitive beings. And so what would they do in heaven, especially without their bodies? What would they do in heaven? Because animals only act based on their bodies. They don't contemplate the good. But in heaven, that's all you're going to be doing is contemplating the good, the true, and the beautiful. You'd be contemplating God. You would gaze upon the beatific vision and bask and enjoy the beatific vision. Animals can't do that. So it would actually be torture for an animal to be in a situation where they're pure spirit because they're sensitive souls. They're based off of what they can see, hear, touch, and eat, which is why they're very loyal to their belly. It's simply the case. And then people say, oh, my dog loves me. It's like, actually, your dog doesn't love you. It has affection for you, but it doesn't love you. Because to love is to will the good of the other, and dogs don't have wills. Hanging on. I'm confused here. Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about your dogs? Like your friends? Your bros? Your bros? Yeah, no. Are you talking about animals? Well, those dogs, D A W G S, my dogs, they have the potential to go to heaven. Isn't that? I think that's like the the type of friendship you want to have. The kind of friends you want to have are the ones that are going to be there in the beatific vision with you, adoring the Trinity. Oh, of course, hundred percent. That's the kind of friendship we should strive for. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, so, will we see an episode of Paw Patrol on this topic? Um, probably. I think so. Once we become writers, mm-hmm. move to Burbank, take over Nickelodeon. We should do that. We should do that. 
let's go let's go move to Burbank and take over Nickelodeon. That sounds I mean, it sounds pretty easy, right? What's the name of that dog? The uh, the, the main character of the show? Well, he uh, left the police force. And he realized he had a vocation. <laughs> he became a Thomist. And now the show is about him actually being a Thomist. Ah, yeah. yes. He became a Dominican, which is a hound of the Lord. Oh, ah, okay. okay. Here we okay. go. Here we go. Right. This is, uh, this is the, the pieces are falling together. Yep, the juices right. are flowing. All right. If you want to to uh, donate to our uh, construction of our of our new TV show, just kidding. There's no. <laughs> I'm not committing to doing that. That sounds like a lot of work. Credit to you, Joe. But you know, we do need people to do to make uh, content for kids. Oh man, there's some good ones. I got to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Benjamin Cello, okay. Unformed. Uh, that's through the Augustine Institute. Which I think you can log in for free if you have a like almost every parish has an account with yeah. Formed. So Benjamin Cello, fantastic. Um, a former EWTN show. I'm not sure if they've revived it or if there's something in the works. I hope they are because it's a fantastic show called The Friar, mm. which is an English dub of a Spanish show that they had in, in Spain, obviously, uh, called La Casa Sobre la Roca. And it's just like the most amazing show. I love it. There's so many good little tidbits that your kids can pick up. Uh, what else is there that we watch? Uh, well, there's a secular one that we watch. I'm not going to say. I'm not going to promote the secular one. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the story, Adrian, of, um, you know, these kids' shows, uh, and Matt Walsh is right, you know, we never hear about uh, the writers, the the artists, or anything like that. And I, I, I shared a little bit about this because I had personal experience with people who worked in that industry. But otherwise, you would never hear about these people. And it makes you really stop and think about the the free and open access that we give these people when we put our iPad in front of the kid and we just walk away. Mm. It's very dangerous for, for us to do that. In fact, the reason why I'm not mentioning the secular program is because, you know, the other day, what seemed to be a very safe show, it turned out to be that there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of uh, insidious kind of, uh, you know, roundabout ways that they're saying strange things on the show so yeah i'm i'm not i'm not a fan of this uh, just on uh, just uh, open access to any sort of entertainment it's it's very dangerous for us to do that with our children they're very impressionable they can mm -hmm. pick up a lot of things from these shows yeah for sure for sure well moving on to something a little bit different i wanted to ask a question because there was um I was talking to some some listeners, and they were talking about how they were pretty concerned about the synod on synodality, mm. and that they were just kind of getting kind of scared about what was happening. And so I went to go over this article from Phil Lawler, uh, which he's going over what is happening in the church right now. And I also want to ask you, what questions do you have about the synod? What are your concerns? What are you afraid of? Uh, what is bothering you about the Synod? What do you know or not know about the Synod? Uh, send me an email. You can find my stuff at uh, grnonline.com forward slash CDT or reach out to me however. You can um, email me there or reach out to me on social media or you can leave a comment, which the best place, best way to get a hold of uh, this topic, I would say, is hop on YouTube, Rumble, or Facebook and leave a comment on this video. And give me your questions, comments, concerns, soapboxes, negativities, positivities, or anything in between. Because 
I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite Mr. Julio Loreto and Mr. Ureta to come onto the show and answer some of your concerns. Because, yeah, there are a lot of concerns. There is, it's, I mean, it's a very seemingly scary situation. But we don't need to be afraid, though. We don't need to be afraid. And fear often comes from being having the unknown. And so to shed more light on a topic should help us to not be afraid. So uh, that's kind of my goal here. And this is why we should talk about this issue and, and why I'm a little concerned that Pope Francis said that he's going to do the Synod in secret. Uh, because that's going to make it only more uh, obfuscated, especially whenever we just saw that he's appointing some Chinese bishops who are associated with the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, onto the Synod. And I'm thinking, yikes, that's concerning. So here's Phil Lawler's argument, and feel free to, uh, to reach out and give us your questions, so we'd love to be able to answer those. He says, For many years during the pontificates of John Paul II and Benedict XVI, Worried Catholics like me wish that the Holy See would intervene to fix the damage caused by liberal American bishops. Now the roles are reversed, and I pray that our bishops, joining with the bishops of other countries, will step in to guard the universal church from the increasingly erratic leadership of Pope Francis. Bishops are understandably loath to acknowledge serious divisions in the church and rightfully reluctant to criticize the Roman pontiff. But in any household... When the father's behavior is causing serious harm to the family and even to himself, the most loyal and respectful of children realize the time has come for an intervention. Any doubt in my mind about this has once been erased when I read this most powerful opening paragraph of a Catholic thing column by my friend Robert Royale, summarizing in an unusual chaotic sequence, quote, In the past week or so, the Pope has praised the great imperial Russia for its noble culture and humanity, a remark later admitted to be badly phrased, lauded Genghis Khan's blood-soaked empire for its religious tolerance and Pax Mongolica, 40 million killed, give or take, encouraged Chinese Christians to be good citizens of a nation whose culture he greatly admires and whose government is, he says, very respectful toward the church, other views abound, shield away from saying anything more about Nicaragua, where the Ortegas are basically outlawing Catholicism and a bishop has been sentenced to 26 years in jail, and denounced worried Catholics, especially American Catholics, for their criticisms of, well, many things, but especially politicizing the upcoming Synod on Synodality and embracing rigid and empty ideologies instead of following the living doctrine of the faith. End quote. Phil Lawler continues, Anyone who loves the Catholic Church must be concerned about a pontiff who manages to offend so many groups of people in the course of one week by a series of ill-considered statements. But the problems of this disastrous papacy runs much deeper. For more than a decade now, Pope Francis has been causing confusion among the faithful on matters of faith and morals, with a liberal cadre of prelates committing to irreversible change in the upcoming synod on synodality, providing their opportunity. Our ailing church sorely needs a strong infusion of clarity. Pope Francis and his stalwart supporters assure us that the Synod will make no change in Catholic doctrine. But does that matter if no one pays attention to doctrine anyway? Imagine that somehow an avowed heretic won election to the papacy. Imagine further that this heretic arch, this heritage arch wanted to destroy the Catholic faith in the Trinity. He could go about it in two ways. He could issue an ex-cathedral statement denying the reality of the Trinity, or could he, would the Holy Spirit prevent it? But if he did, hundreds of Orthodox bishops and millions of ordinary faithful Catholics would rise up in outrage to defend the true faith. 
Or he could avoid any direct statement in the Trinity and thus avoid a showdown, but merely observe the doctrine is difficult, that some people could not accept it, that we should keep open minds, that the church welcomes those who struggle with the doctrine. And meanwhile, he could promote theologian and prelates who more openly questioned the doctrine. Wouldn't the latter option be more likely to undermine the faith in the Trinity among the world's Catholics? And isn't the approach what we have seen acted out in this pontificate, particularly in regard to Catholic moral teaching? Pope Francis has never formally contradicted any established doctrine, but he has downplayed the importance of church teaching, criticized those who adhere to the teaching of their rigidity, and offered his support to dissenters who do demand doctrinal changes. The net effect of this change is to convey the impression that doctrine doesn't really matter. So, this is a very concerning article from Phil Lawler. And what is his call? His call is that we need faithful bishops to rise up and proclaim the faith. Every faithful bishop should be reaffirming the faith. We don't need bishops to come out and condemn the Pope. That's not what we're asking. We're asking the bishops to just teach the faith to reaffirm the teachings that have always and everywhere been taught. This is what we need. We need every person who is of faithfulness, the laity, the clergy, the bishops, the cardinals. If you have a faithful bishop, ask them, please teach us the faith. Please give us a bread. Please give us a fish and not a stone. This is what we should ask from our clergy, from our teachers of the faith. So send me your questions about the synodal synodality. I'd love to be able to help make clarity in yours in your situation and try to alleviate any fears. So let me know. I'd be happy to talk to you. We'll be right back with more right after this. I'm in a good place in my life. And I'm energized by new adventures. I've got friends to laugh with. And a good relationship. But even though I'm kind of comfortable... I sometimes wonder, is there something more? Could God in church be what you're looking for? Come and see at catholicscomehome.com. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. What is a fanatic? Well, have you ever heard someone defending animal rights as if they have completely forgotten about human rights? G.K. Chesterton says that is a perfect example of a fanatic. Someone with a sense of a particular truth that is too strong for his sense of the universal truth. He will invoke even cruelty to prevent cruelty to animals. Later, he may even invoke cruelty to animals to prevent cruelty to pit ponies. It is not merely that he has kept one thing and lost a thousand things. He has lost the basis even of the one thing. For a man cannot long remain right without a reason. We must accept all the universal truths so that we don't go off balance with one particular truth. And where do we find the perfect balance of all universal truths? In the Catholic Church. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for religious vocations. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for vocations to the religious life? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time. 
gradually quit going. Went through a divorce and um, ended up being a single parent. And it was an easy excuse. I, I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. I have a peace when I walk through the doors of the Catholic Church, like that's where I belong. Hi, I'm Father Tom Smithson, pastor of Corpus Christi Parish, and you're listening to AM 1430. KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time Show. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. It's so good to be here on this Friday morning. You know what they say, our dear friend Lori, we're praying for her today. Her mother passed away and her funeral is today. So prayers for Lori and her family and the repose of her mother's soul. As she always would tell us, Adrian, you mean it's Friday? Because we uh, made it to the weekend. So congratulations on making it to the weekend. Uh, what are your plans for this weekend? I'd love to know. If you can join us in the after show, I'd love to interact with you directly and get your comments, your questions, comments, or concerns, your soapboxes, your negativities, your positivities, or anything in between. So join us in the after show and let us know what your plans are for the weekend. I know Rudy is uh, taking a little trip. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have that Rocky Mountain High. And I'm not, I'm not saying, well, never mind. Forget it. <laughs> I mean, purely. You meant I'm gonna literally be, you're going to be climbing I'm, the Rocky Mountain. I'm just going to be having alpine freshness, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, yeah, yeah. Not, not anything else. Nothing else. Okay. Well, joining us right now is Cecil Anderson. Good morning to you, Cecil. Good morning, Adrian, Rudy. How are you all doing this morning? Good, good. Doing well. Praise be to God. Uh, Cecil, what are your plans for the weekend? That's a fantastic question. I have a pretty busy weekend. Uh, starting off tomorrow, I'm going to be doing a live remote here in the DFW area at one of our parish carnivals, uh, St. Martin of Tours in Forney. That parish has been around for 130, close to 130 years, I think. That's pretty um, So they've been doing this carnival for over 100 years as well. Wow. That's so pretty it's cool. It's fun to go out there. That's so I'm awesome. excited to go out and uh, meet the folks out there. And then, gosh, I'm going to a fundraiser for a, char- a local charity at my parish. Um, so, yeah, it's a busy weekend. Praise be to God. That sounds like a, a blessed weekend. I, for one, am going to attempt to uh, rest a little bit. I was supposed to be helping a friend tomorrow morning, but he texted me or he told me yesterday and said that I uh, that he's, oh, he got busy. He's not going to be able to do it. And I was like, oh, darn, I have to sleep in. <laughs> Oh, the well, best news ever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so praise be to God. Now, Sissel, normally we have our dear friend Dave Palmer on the show, but you're joining us today. What has, what's going on? What happened? I have absolutely no idea. Why am I here? <laughs> I'm joking. Dave usually comes on on Friday mornings to talk a little bit about our show, Back to the Father, that's on all of the Guadalupe Radio Network social media shows beginning at 1 p.m. Central Time. And Dave will usually give a little preview of what we're going to talk about. Dave is the uh, Thomist, our resident Thomist in the Dallas office. Uh, so he does lots of studying and loves to relay that information to not only our listeners, but to myself and our intern, William. And we're kind of our his students in his 
class learning about St. Thomas Aquinas and his Summa. Um, but this day, uh, Dave is out of town and uh, he has always teased William and I that we should do something while he's gone. Like we should take over the class. And we've always been a little bit busy or like, I don't know if I could do that. But today we're finally doing it because Dave decided to mention it last week or a couple weeks ago on our show and kind of put it out to the audience, like, what do you want? And everyone was like, yes, William and Cecil. And so I think at that point, we were signed up. <laughs> nice. Praise be to God. Uh, so what is, what's the plan for today? The, uh, the, since the resident Thomas is gone, uh, what will you all be talking about? And how, do you, uh, how are you all getting prepared for that? So uh, I'm doing a lot of reading and researching terms that I didn't quite understand. I wanted to choose a topic that I thought I could kind of speak on a little bit, um, although it's probably going to be more of a we're all collectively learning together experience. Um, but I decided to choose the subject of prayer. And particularly, there's an article, I think it's in the second part of the Summa, uh, question 83, where it's talking about prayer and a lot of aspects of prayer. Because um, prayer is something that is very near and dear to my heart and talking about it and helping people understand prayer life a little bit more. So I wanted to get, you know, the doctor of the doctor's take on prayer and maybe a little bit about his own prayer life, but also some of the questions that he asked, like, you know, uh, should we pray for our enemies? Should we, you know, ask for temporal things um, and other questions like that? So here's a question for you then. You you were not a, a huge Thomist before uh uh, Dave roped you into to this uh, little program <laughs> here, and so what is uh have you grown in your understanding of Thomas or in in because uh, a lot of people are probably more and this is why I like your this show so much is because Dave is like is a nerd like me, um, but then they have you there which is more like your average person and they and getting this information for the first time for, for a lot of people. Uh, so how does how have you liked? learning about these things have it has it just been like oh i kind of dread it or have you kind of uh, grown to to love saint thomas i have really grown to appreciate and love saint thomas i was classically educated and so actually before i was even catholic saint thomas was someone that in a lot of classical education you would refer to and i did read excerpts from what his writings before i was catholic um of course i didn't appreciate it the same way uh, especially because i was also in high school and just didn't appreciate many things the same way um but i have really enjoyed this time because uh, i think part of it is simply because of how dave is able to relay the information he kind of breaks down what saint thomas says it seems really complicated but it's actually not um and so he's able to kind of make it more easy to receive to the average person, uh, which I so appreciate because I am the average person who's just going, what is <laughs> what is he saying? I love whenever Dave reads a direct quote from the Summa and I'm trying to follow along. I'm like, I'm like, yes, yep. Mm -hmm. And then I go, nope, I lost it. I have no <laughs> idea what he just said. Dave, please interpret for me. So this could, it should be pretty entertaining today for William and I to interpret instead. So <laughs> definitely join in. Well, praise be to God. I'm excited to hear it. And I'm sure y'all be uh, sharing um, y'all's own personal experience in regards to prayer because, um, I mean, this is something that while there's elements of it that's very much um, objective, there's also a lot of subjective elements to to prayer that we have to uh, kind of keep in mind. And, and so what will you be sharing in uh, terms of uh, those kind of things? Yeah, um, I have been in the last few years developing my own prayer life. Um, 
I've been learning lots of things, but I think I didn't quite understand and grasp what a prayer life is. Um, you're kind of like, oh, I pray before my meals. I, you know, I said a few Hail Marys. Um, you know, maybe I say a rosary occasionally. Uh, I think I'm pretty much covered. But I think one thing that all the saints have in common is that they had a deep communion with God through prayer, through being in front of the sac, uh, you know, the sacrament, or sorry, in front of adoration, uh, all sorts of beautiful things. Um, and I just really love to relay the importance of having that relationship with God, that quiet time with God that's dedicated every single day. And, um, you know, it doesn't always have to be quote unquote perfect. We have a big, I think a lot of people have a big misunderstanding that prayer has to be at a certain level. Like I have to speak beautiful words. I can't stumble over my words. I can't be messy before God, but he really desires, I think, us to be very vulnerable and be honest with him when maybe we're frustrated or upset or if the, life is not always going to be beautiful um, in everything that we're doing. And so I kind of want to relay that aspect and also some of what kind of pulling St. Thomas into it, because I was trying to research a little bit about St. Thomas's prayer life, is there anything ever written on it? And I think one thing that I found that was really beautiful was that um, one of St. Thomas's uh, close friends, Brother Reginald of Pippa, Piper, no, I don't know if that's how you pronounce that, but he said uh, during the canonization proceedings for St. Thomas Aquinas, he said that whenever um, he, St. Thomas was writing and he became really perplexed and he couldn't fully uh, figure out how to word something or he couldn't figure out what the answer to something, he would kneel and pray. Mm. And then he would return to his writing and apparently it that would just, everything would become clear in his head when he was just quiet before the Lord. And I think that's such a great testament to daily prayer life. Yeah, it's very interesting, especially when you consider he, one of the things he would do as well, you made me think of this, was he would fast whenever he, there was a particular problem. And the famous story of it is whenever he was trying to expound upon, which unfortunately this is not translated to English yet, it's still only in Latin, but his commentary on the book of Isaiah, he was struggling with some of the illusions that were being made that he was trying to understand them. And so he couldn't figure it out. And so he spends days fasting and praying. And then St. Peter and Paul appear to him in his cell and explain the scriptures to him. And he was able to figure out what he needed. And I think this is a, a great grace. And it shows also how, how much, how important prayer is to the intellectual life. It's not simply just studying books, but you have to have a life of prayer. And also as a side note, and I hammer this point like all the time, I don't understand how people depict St. Thomas as fat. Because he fasted all the time. I, I don't get that. I just, it makes me angry. I, I do not like whenever they make St. Thomas uh, appear to be a very hefty man. Um, but I'm excited for what you're going to have to say. I highly recommend. Have you read at all his uh, commentary on the Our Father and the Hail Mary? I actually just, I saved that uh, when I was researching yesterday. I'm going to do a little bit more today. I saw that he had a commentary on the Our Father, and I was really curious about that. So I'm definitely going to try to include a little bit about that. So I don't really know much about it but at this point, but hopefully by 1 o'clock I'll be an expert on it. Very good. Praise be to God. That's uh, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear all these things. You're doing a great research. And, oh, the other thing is, the Holy Rosary, right? St. Saint, uh, Saint Dominic, the founder of the Dominican Order, was the one who was given the rosary. Uh, St. Thomas would have been devoted to the rosary as it would have been on his habit that he uh, would be wearing every single day. So praise be to God uh, for that as well. Uh, what else? What else is there about St. Thomas in prayer? I'm trying to think. Um, is there any other little nuggets that you found out? 
Yeah, you know, I think just some of the questions I always just love kind of trying to understand where St. Thomas's mind was and some of the questions he chose to put in the Summa mm. about prayer. Um, I think one that I thought was so funny, should prayer be vocal? Mm. And I thought, well... I mean, you're talking, and I because at first my 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 silly brain was just like, well, obviously it has to be vocal because you're like <laughs> you're talking, but I think you meant like outwardly. Is it something that's you're actually saying with your voice out loud? Um, and just reading, you know, all the objections he comes with uh, for these questions, and you know, what is uh, oh another one I think that a lot of people will be really interested to know about. Um, is attention required for prayer? Mm. Um, and that one I, is probably been the biggest stumbling block for a lot of people in developing their prayer life. Um, and so I don't know. I, I mean, I, if you're familiar um, with his response in this one um, to some of the objections, because they're saying, well, I think one of the objections is basically, well, if it's not, if you're not being fully attentive, it's not really prayer is kind of one of the objections. Um, and I think that really stops a lot of people from developing uh, their prayer life because they're like, well, I can't focus for that long. I can't because uh, I, I got distracted. So I had to start over. So it ended up taking me like two hours to get through maybe 30 minutes of prayer. Yeah, no, that's a huge, huge uh, scrupulosity a lot of people have. And I think that's awesome. You're going to talk about that because that honestly, for the longest time is what prevented me from saying the rosary because mm -hmm. I would get distracted in saying the rosary. And then I'd be like, well, if I can't say a good rosary, I might as well not say one at all. And right. it struck me one day when I realized, you know, it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to do things. Um, if, if something is worth doing uh, well, then it's worth doing badly. And if I can do, if I can get through the rosary, at the very least, the very least, I accomplished what I said I was going to do for Our Lady. And there was a story about the Professor Plinio likes to tell, and he says that yeah, I mean, if you are going to pray one Hail Mary, and you're going to say it absolutely perfectly. Yeah, that would be great. That would be amazing. That would be the most wonderful thing ever. But because our minds get so distracted all the time, it is better to pray an entire rosary, 15 decades of the rosary, because hopefully by the time you get through all of them, you may have said every single one of those words uh, with devotion at least once. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, again, it's such a it's such a thing, scrupulosity for a lot of people, and it and it keeps them from prayer, and that is the exact opposite. That's a, what the devil wants, um, is for you to not pray to God. Um, and so I'm really excited to be able to relay what St. Thomas says on that matter. Well, I'm excited to hear it, so I'll be definitely tuning in for that. I'll be very excited. I'll be in the chat right there uh, following along. Uh, but uh, how can people keep up if they don't? They want you to send them the link. Uh, how how can people stay in touch with Back to the Father? Absolutely. Uh, just go ahead and email us at backtothefather at grnonline.com, backtothefather at grnonline.com, and say if you're not already on our email list, we will add you to it, and you'll get basically just two emails a week, one giving you a preview of what we're going to talk about. I try to link the parts of the Summa that we're going to be talking about there as well. And then also when we go live about 10 minutes before 1 p.m., you will get the link sent directly to your email as well. But you can also be following the Guadalupe Radio Network on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Those are the platforms that we're streaming on right now. There you go. Well, praise be to God. Well, God bless you. God love you, Sissel. And we'll see you at one o'clock. Thank you so much, Adrian. And that's going to do it. We're going to go into our Fear and Trembling game show. We're giving away the prize today. So call in 877 757 9424. 877 
757-9424. Call now. We'll be right back. We always take the first caller. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. All my life, I was searching for something that seemed to be just one step away. Perfect soulmate, the ideal job, that big adventure. And just when I thought I found what I was missing, I realized that I was never really fulfilled. Then I discovered what I was searching for was really faith in God and belonging to a church. You can find what you've been searching for, too. Come and see at CatholicsComeHome.com. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling, where... We give out prizes, and you could be the winner. It's very simple to be a winner. All you got to do is call in that number, 877-757-9424. We're giving away the prize today. And so the first caller will, in fact, be our contestant and have an opportunity to win. Uh, One last time, that number, 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be a part of the game show. Now, You may be asking, what's this game show thing about? How do we play? What's the word here? And I'll explain it to you. It's very simple here. I have three Catholic trivia questions. And the trick is, I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Rudy the questions. And he's going to give me an answer. And it's your job to tell me whether or not he is right or whether or not he is wrong. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what can they win? Thanks be to God. Our sponsor this week was ConversionStarters.com. Now, they're going to be sending you a prize pack, whoever the uh, lucky, or rather, the the providential winner is today. They're going to receive a prize pack from Conversion Starters. Now, you might be wondering, you haven't been tuning in this week, and you're thinking, what is a Conversion Starter? Well, ConversionStarters.com makes evangelization easy and painless for everybody. Conversion starters, t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, they catch people's eyes and they pique their curiosity by featuring common questions about Catholicism along with a very convenient website explaining those questions and answers uh, the questions for people who are curious. Now, uh, you can be a billboard for Christ 
So you can go to conversionstarters.com if you want to check out their wares and you want to support them. But thank you so much for sponsoring our game show this week. Thank you very much to Conversion Startles. Startles. Uh, ConversionStarters.com. Thank you very much for your generous sponsorship. So if you'd like to win that prize, call now, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. That's the number to call, and we will give you a prize should your name be drawn out today. I, looking at the questions today, I got to say, mm, there's this is uh, two out of three you'll get. Two out of three. One of these is a little tricky. Uh, but two out of three, I think you're going to get. So that number, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. We always take the first caller, and so I have good news because the next person to call in will, in fact, be our contestant today. So make sure you call that number, and I'll give it to you one more time, 877-757-9424. So make sure you are our caller. We'd love to have you. Now, if you are thinking, hey, I can't call in. I, that's so difficult. Well, the trick is you can put us on your speed dial. And it's like if you're driving, all you got to do is tell Siri, hey, call Catholic Drive Time. And uh-huh. then you will just dial the number. How Good do you idea. do that? Well, it's very easy. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Write down the number there, put it in your phone, uh, put our contact name as Catholic Drive Time, and then whenever you're driving, you just be like, hey, Siri, uh, call Catholic Drive Time. I hope I didn't just activate everybody's series. <laughs> 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 All right, let's see. Uh, joining us right now is Aldo. Good morning to you, Aldo. Morning. Where are you calling in from, Aldo? Baby, Texas. Katie, Texas. Praise be to God. That's yeah. in our neck of the woods. I, I think that's where our producer uh, lives. Uh, Taylor is. Uh, no, he's like, nope. I don't live in. I don't live in Katie. Uh, my mistake. Uh, Aldo, uh, what parish do you go to? Uh, Saint John Vianney. Saint John Vianney. Praise be to God. I just gave a yes, talk sir. at Saint John Vianney to Saint Anne Society two days ago, and actually today our dear friend Lori, her mom's funeral is at Saint John Vianney, so I'm going to be going there later today as well so praise be to god for that uh, aldo uh where are you off to this morning yes sir uh just walking right now he's off i nice. actually work with your dad oh really praise be to god you're a fireman then yes sir ah praise be to god we uh, love to hear it i don't it. know if your dad told i don't know if your dad told you was, he did uh, let's see once in a while huh he are did you? actually tell me he was my dad told me the other day he was like I met up with a friend of mine who we've known for uh, known for a very long time. We went to academy together, and he was like, "I think I listened to your son." <laughs> so praise yeah, be to God. Hey, you look just like him. Uh, there you go. So uh, <laughs> you can tell him that because he told me I have a face for radio. Uh, but thank you very much, Aldo, for calling in. Uh, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how to play? Yes. Perfect. Then you know. That these uh, these questions could be tricky, so we're gonna see how well you do. Are you ready to play? Uh, yes. All right, let's do it. Uh, question number one, Rudy. The question on the board is: Where do the Latin names of papal encyclicals come from? Okay, so you uh, you and I are both in the industry where we have to make a splash. Mm. We have mm. to captivate our audience. Right. I clickbait. And is no exactly. And it is no different for our prelates, 
our Holy Father. He's got to catch the attention of all of the the uh, episcopacy. Mm-hmm. He goes to ChatGPT and he types in, write for me an interesting title for this encyclical on X, Y, or Z. Oh, really? And make it in Latin. And it spits out a prompt. And uh, that's how he gets it. And that's how they've always done it. All the time. It's historical. Before artificial intelligence, he would just go to the local, you know, like the guy at the pub that mm-hmm. was just really rambunctious. He always had good stories to tell. He would ask that guy. Like, hey, he, what would be a cool name for this? Exactly. Incredible. And he was like, uh, Rerum Novarum. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> wow. All right. All right, Aldo. Uh, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is... How or where do the Latin names of papal encyclicals come from? Uh, Rudy says nowadays they use AI, but traditionally they go to the pub and find the good storytellers and get them to uh, give a little clickbaity name. Uh, what say you, Aldo from Katy, Texas? Uh, I think he's wrong. So. I think he's wrong. What? Uh, well, let's see. Survey says that is correct. <laughs> I know the papal encyclicals, the uh, names come from the first words of the encyclical. Pashendi. Shindy or uh, Humane Vitae uh, on human life. Um, these kind of things. And they just take the first couple words. It's the same thing with the prayers, too. Like the Hail Mary is because the prayer goes Hail Mary. Oh, I thought that was about football. Never mind. Yeah, it, it, that's often confused. I understand. <laughs> All right, Aldo, you did great. That's a one for one so far. Are you ready for question number two? Yes. All right, let's do it. Question number two for you, Rudy. Now, this question could be tricky. It could be. We'll see. Uh, what happened when St. Paul and Silas sang and praised God in jail? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing happened at all. They, uh, yeah, they just, they stayed in jail longer. They served out their term. Uh. But the difference was that they had joy in their hearts. Oh. They had that joy, joy, joy exactly. down in their hearts? Yes. Where? Down in their hearts. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, Aldo. 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, what happened when St. Paul and Silas sang and praised God in jail? Rudy says, well, nothing happened except that they had the joy of God in their heart. What say you, Aldo? Uh, I'll say he's correct. You say he's correct. Are you sure about that? Okay, then he's wrong. <laughs> All right. He says he's wrong. Uh, survey says that is correct. Uh, way to go. See, that's how you can tell. These, uh, the the uh, long-term listeners have this kind of you're intuition. Too, you're too nice to them. Intuition. You're too nice to them. I, I think that's what it is. They just have this intuition. They just figure it out. I don't know. Participation prize Adrian right there. What? Me? Uh, what? <laughs> never. Ne- never. Okay. What's the correct answer, Rudy? The correct answer is God sent an earthquake and the jail cells opened. Oh. Incredible. You can read that in Acts chapter 16. So check that out today. All right. Are you ready for question number three? Yes. All right. Let's see it. Uh, Let's go, Rudy. Question on the board is, who were the first priests of God? The first priests, obviously the apostles, by the laying Mm. on of hands. Our Lord gave them the ability to be the first priest. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, Aldo, 15 seconds on the clock. The question on the board is, who were the first priests of God? Well, Rudy says there were no priests anywhere in the Old Testament all the way until the apostles were created as priests 
And that is where we get the first priest. What say you, Aldo, from St. John Vianney Parish? Uh, say he's correct. You're saying he's correct. All right, let's see. Survey says... No, that's not correct. <laughs> oh, there you go. No, no. Unfortunately, it's not correct. The correct answer is Aaron. It is Aaron and his sons were the first priest, which the first priest was Melchizedek. And then you have the, after that, it's kind of the, the people of Israel were their own priest. And then after they kind of messed things up, then they had Aaron and then his line of priests, his, his family. And there were the, the first like official priest line, priestly line. Uh, but there you go. Uh, there, that's your answer. But uh, let's shake up that coffee cup of divine providence. Oh, and this one jumped out at me. And uh, this we'll have one a literally roll. jumped into it my hand. It literally jumped into your hand. That hands. was very like odd. it was miraculous. Yeah. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's see. Hmm, let's see here. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just read my. Okay. Can't read my own writing. Here. Uh, you might need adjust those spectacles mm, you got there. Let me just see this really quickly. Mm. How much time do we have left on that drum roll? You have. Is our drummer boy tired? He's getting yet? exhausted. <laughs> He's getting exhausted. Our, our poor drummer boy. Drummer over there. boy, are you okay there? Chris, you Chris. are the winner this Praise week. Praise be to Chris. God. I'm sorry, Aldo. Your name was not drawn, uh, but congratulations to Chris. Uh, but way to go, Aldo. You uh, represent the, the Houston Fire Department well. Two out of three is pretty darn good. Uh, but God bless you. God love you. And uh, I'll tell my dad you Thank said you. hi. All right. Well, God bless Take you. And we'll, hopefully you call God in the future. Okay. All right. That'll do it. That'll take us for the radio side. If you want to join us in the after show, hop on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Odyssey. I'm not Twitter. But if you want to join us there, we'd love to interact with you directly. Leave a comment down below. Whatever it is you want to talk about, I want to talk about. So leave a comment down below. We'll discuss that. Uh, if not, we'll see you back here Monday morning, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network and Catholic Spirit Radio. God bless you. God love you. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. At Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel, home of the Soul Community. Today we celebrate Friday of the 24th week in Ordinary Time. The celebration for this, for this Mass, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, is offered for all those who are joining us on Guadalupe Radio, online, and those here present. God, Father, praise and glory Thy children bring to Thee Thy grace and peace to mankind Shall now forever be O most holy Trinity Undivided unity 
Holy God, mighty God, God immortal, be adored. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ have, mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Look upon us, O God, creator and ruler of all things, and that we may feel the working of your mercy. Grant that we may serve you with all our heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to Timothy. Beloved, teach and urge these things. Whoever teaches something different and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the religious teaching is conceited, understanding nothing, and has a morbid disposition for arguments and verbal disputes. From these came envy, rivalry, insults, evil suspicions, and mutual friction among people with corrupted minds who are deprived of the truth supposing religion to be a means of gain. Indeed, religion with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, just as we shall not be able to take anything out of it. If we have food and clothing, we shall be content with that. Those who want to be rich are falling into temptation and into a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all evils, and some people in the desire for it have strayed from the faith and have pierced themselves with many pains. But you, man of God, avoid all this. Instead, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Compete well for the faith. Lay hold of eternal life, to which you were called when you were made the noble confession in the presence of many witnesses. The word of the Lord. 
Blessed the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Why should I fear in evil days, when my wicked ensnares ring me round? They trust in their wealth, the abundance of their riches is their boast. Blessed the poor in spirit, their kingdom of heavens is theirs. Yet in no way can a man redeem himself or pay his own ransom to God. Too high is the price to redeem one's life. He would never have enough to remain alive always and not see destruction. Blessed the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Fear not when a man grows rich, when the wealth of his house becomes great. For when he dies, he shall take none of it. His wealth shall not follow him down. Blessed the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Though in his lifetime he counted himself blessed, they will praise you for doing well for yourself. He shall join the circle of his forebearers, who shall never more see light. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus journeyed from one town and village to another, preaching and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Accompanying him were the twelve and some women who had been cured of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Herod's steward Chusa, Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their resources. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this very short gospel. We hear that Jesus, of course, traveled a lot with, his, with the Twelve, but there were also others who were with him, particularly it names a few women who accompanied Jesus. And it's interesting that at the very last statement, who provided for them out of their resources. I thought it was the man that was supposed to be <laughs> providing. But here we see these women who, you get the sense that they were, have been with Jesus for a long time. We don't necessarily hear of uh, of Jesus calling them specifically, but they, they accompany him and they provide for him. Just as a, as a thought on the human level, to think, you know, Jesus, of course, being God, um, needs, he has needs. He has physical needs, like we do. Hunger, of thirst, of, of a place to rest, so on and so forth. And there were those who accompanied him and helped to provide for him. Um, and for the Twelve, who were, of course, going about the ministry of doing what? Of preaching the, the kingdom and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. 
So if you look at the first reading, St. Paul is really exhorting Timothy. In fact, in this whole letter of St. Paul that we've been going through, to Timothy, he first was saying, what are the criteria for, for a bishop, for those who's going to be an elder in that particular church? What is the criteria for a presbyter? And then also reminding Timothy himself of what it means to be a proclaimer of the gospel, to be an administrator of the good things that God has given to us, the crisis, the riches that Christ has bestowed upon us. And one of the things, of course, that he mentions is that, you know, don't, do not, do not be contentious in, in, in your preaching and proclamation. Anybody who's contentious is conceited. They think too much of themselves or their own opinion. He says, no, it's not about that. It's about proclaiming Jesus Christ. And also, um, <clears throat> That, that kind of one statement that he says is that uh, the, the love of money is the root of all evil. I sometimes thought that Paul, St. Paul is a little, bit, a little bit of hyperbole, a little bit over the top. Okay, if, of all the things, if you're like, what's the root of all evils? And you come down with money. Is that really it? When you think about it, how, how often or how many people do we hear, sometimes we hear it ourselves, talk about money. If I just had more money. If I just had more of that, then I'd be able to do all these things. I'm sure every one of us has thought, if I won the lottery, what would I do? All of a sudden, I have all these resources, right? Because money buys things for us. It has, we, with wealth, you have a sense of power to be able to do things, influence people, whatever it is. I remember there was one movie way back in the 80s, you know, where somebody was trying to, he'd won, he did, had made this huge inheritance and somebody was trying to sell him an iceberg. <laughs> you know, of course, the darn thing's going to melt, but he was trying to sell him an iceberg, you know. Anyway, is, is the love of money the root of all evil? How, how, what people will do for money today? And in fact, in any time in, in the history of the world, what people will do for money, they will do anything. We used to say way back when, you know, if something, you know, say, cherchez la femme, look for the woman. But now we would say, look for the money. Find the money trail, and then you will find out why, where this is coming from. So St. Paul, of course, says, we have to look to Jesus, who said to us, blessed are the poor in spirit. We have to look to Jesus, who, though he was rich, became poor, so that by his poverty we may be, become rich. So that's why St. Paul says directly to St. To, to Timothy, and I think to all of us, particularly as men, you, man of God, man of God, avoid all this contention, a search for wealth, or worldly wealth. Instead, pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. And I like this one particular, compete well for the faith. We, like, we, we men are competitive. <laughs> We want, if we're going to compete for something, let us compete for the faith. You know, that so we can win a crown of glory. Let us ask St. Paul, in a special way, to help us to gain that, that great grace of Christ, to set our sights completely on him, to pursue righteousness, devotion, faith, love, patience, gentleness, and to compete well for the faith. Let us bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for the Holy Church of God, for all of our church leaders, that inspired by St. Paul's um, words to St. Timothy, 
would be men of great faith and help to lead the sheep that Christ has entrusted to us. Let us pray to the Lord. And thanksgiving for all those who provide for the needs of the church, for, for those who provide for the needs of the poor. Let us pray to the Lord. Let us pray for all those who are sick and who are suffering. We lift them up to the Lord that they may strength, be strengthened in their faith and consoled in their sufferings and may find relief in body, mind, and soul. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray for all those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. Let us pray to the Lord. Let's pray for an increase of ministers in the church, laborers with Christ who can spend and consume themselves for souls. Let us pray to the Lord. Take a moment in silence now for the prayers we hold in our hearts. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayers. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we, that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits. Through Christ our Lord. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you. Fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine, a work of human hands that will become our spiritual drink. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look with favor on our supplications, O Lord, and in your kindness accept these, your servants' offerings, that what each has offered to the honor of your name may serve the salvation of all, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord, in him you have been pleased to renew all things, giving us all a share in his fullness. For though he was in the form of God, he emptied himself, and by the blood of his cross brought peace to all creation. 
Therefore he has been exalted above all things, and to all who obey him has become the source of eternal salvation. And so with angels and archangels, with thrones and dominions, and with all the hosts and powers of heaven, we sing the hymn of your glory, as without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. When we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, O Lord, until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. 
At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other a sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. Should enter under my roof. Let me say the word. My soul shall be. How precious is your mercy, O God! The children of men seek shelter in the shadow of your wings. For those unable to receive communion and those joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
O Lord Jesus, I adore thee, for the bread of worth untold, freely given in thy communion, wonderful a thousandfold, given today in loving bounty, more than my poor soul can hold. Make thou of my soul an orchard, quickened into fruitfulness. Come, O oh come, life-giving manna, making glad my wilderness, sweeter far than any sweetness tongue can taste or words express. Let us pray. May the working of this heavenly gift, O Lord, we pray, take possession of our minds and bodies so that its effects and not our own desires may always prevail in us through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulcedo, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamos, exules filii hebe, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo, advocata nostra, illos tuos, misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum, benedictum frutum ventris tui, nobis, Post hoc exilium, St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits, who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee, through the intercession and help of the Archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy 
thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. I'm Father Jim Murphy from St. Thomas High School. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul.